Well, as I mentioned, we're continuing in our series on prayer this morning. And last week, Philip spoke to us about the A of prayer, that is, ask. Uh, So we thought about what does it mean for us to ask in prayer for ourselves and for others. And today, we're thinking about what about when that doesn't work? What about when we ask and we don't receive? What about when we ask and the situation doesn't change? We're thinking about unanswered prayer this morning. When Jesus talks about prayer in the Bible, he makes it seem so easy, doesn't he? He says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask, seek, knock, and you'll get an answer from God. It sounds simple enough, doesn't it? But for so many of us, and for so often, it just doesn't seem to be the reality, does it? We ask and we don't receive, or we seek and we don't find. So what about all those unanswered prayers? What's going on? What might be happening? What, how might we begin to think about those times where we speak in faith to God, and it feels as though we're just speaking into a void And all we experience is disappointment. Just by show of hands, how many people here can relate to that? That they have prayed and there hasn't been an answer. It might feel like a a scary thing to do. Well, look around. We're not on our own, are we? We're not on our own. And that, I hope, is at least some encouragement. It's not just one or two of us, the vast majority of us have that experience of unanswered prayer. In 2021, some research uh, found that over just over 50%, 51% of people aged under 35 said that they prayed regularly, that is once or more a month. Yet over 55 in that same survey, those of aged over 55, it was less than 25% of people who prayed. So over 50% of under 35s, but only less than 25% of, of over 55s. So what's going on? Why are people giving up on praying? Perhaps it has something to do with this experience which we all share about unanswered prayer. Perhaps in those years between being aged 35 and 55, somewhere along that line, we just stop. We tried. It didn't work. We gave up. So this morning, I want to have a little look at unanswered prayer and think about that. Um, And I recognize that I'm not going to be able to speak about every situation of unanswered prayer uh, this morning or give you a um, particularly satisfactory answer as to why any prayer in particular might not have been answered in the way that you hoped. But perhaps my hope this morning is that we don't find ourselves in that half who are not, well, that's 75% who are not praying, let's say, um, when we're aged over 55. How can we be those people who persist in prayer and continue in prayer in spite of our experience or through our experience of our prayers, perhaps at times being unanswered? I want us to be the people who keep praying. But I hope that my sermon doesn't disappoint you. If you're looking for a neat and tidy answer, I'm not going to solve the issue in the next quarter of an hour or 20 minutes or so. But first of all, I want to acknowledge that we're not on our own. We've seen that already this morning by raising hands to say who has experienced prayer being unanswered. 
We had many, there were far more people who've experienced unanswered prayer this morning than there were who kept their hands down. First of all, we're not just on our we're not just on our own. Even through the narrative of the Bible, many of the people who we would think of as the great heroes of faith, the heroes of the Bible, experience unanswered prayer. Moses experienced unanswered prayer. He prayed that he would get to enter the promised land with the people that he'd led for 40 years through the wilderness. That prayer was unanswered. King David fasted and prayed for seven days that his son would live, but his son died. Jeremiah prayed that Jerusalem would not be destroyed and the Babylonians came and completely destroyed it. And then Jeremiah complained to God and he said in Lamentations 3, uh, he says to God, you have wrapped yourself in a cloud so that no prayer can pass through to you. In the New Testament, Paul prays that the thorn in his side would be removed, but it never goes away. And as we've seen this morning, even Jesus himself experienced unanswered prayer. First of all, he experienced unanswered prayer when he prayed that the cup would be taken from him, that uh, he said uh, this hour might pass from him, remove this cup from me. He was speaking about his death at that point, and yet we see that he goes to the cross. But equally, Jesus' prayer that his people, his church, his followers would be one, uh, that we would be united remains unanswered to this day. You look at the divisions in the church. It's amazing to think that Jesus himself has prayers still unanswered. So what's going on? How do we persevere in prayer when they seem to go unanswered so often for so many of us? How do we not lose hope and become part of that 50% of people who once prayed, but now they don't? Sometimes, perhaps, the reason for our prayers seeming to go unanswered is truly that God knows better what is best for us than we do for ourselves. Sometimes we don't know what our real needs are. And in these cases, where we pray for something where actually God says, that wouldn't be good for you, it's good that those prayers are not answered. We don't always understand the God's insight But it wouldn't be wise, would it, as a parent, if we always just gave a child exactly what they asked for. Because probably they would ask for the wrong things. Probably we would ask for the wrong things of God. And if he gave us always what we ask for, even quite well-intentioned desires, sometimes if God just gave us on demand what we ask for, then we wouldn't actually have the kind of best outcomes for our own life. So sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes the things we pray for, even when we feel they're the right things, God says no or not now because he actually does know best. And if he always gave us what we asked for, then it would be very easy for us to treat God like a kind of cosmic vending machine where we put in our prayer and sort of pull the handle and out comes whatever we ordered. Um, and that wouldn't be a healthy relationship for us with God um, and with prayer and with the world around us and ourselves, indeed. Um, The American pastor, uh, Tony Campolo, who you might have come across, he's written many books. He tells of this story one time of his young son uh, who said to him, I'm going upstairs to say my prayers. Does anyone want anything? (laughs) That wouldn't be healthy or life-giving way to deal with God, would it? It would be less than we deserve and less than God deserves. 
Martin Luther King Jr., uh, the great American pastor and um, revolutionary, really, uh, said spiritual maturity takes you in prayer from being an if person to being a though person. An if faith says, I will believe if God does this for me, if God makes things go my way. And a though faith says, though the night is dark, I will persevere. Though a though person that looks at the problems around them and says, even so, it is well with my soul. It's amazing, isn't it, to think that we could go from if people to being though people through just perseverance in prayer. Another answer that sometimes people give for the reasons that prayer goes unanswered is because they feel perhaps that they didn't have enough faith. Maybe we need to believe more fervently. Maybe we need to have more faith. Well, Jesus said that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then you can move mountains. Mustard seeds are not very big. They're actually very, very small. That was the point that he was making. And even the fact that you're praying, I think, indicates that you have faith at least the size of a mustard seed. So perhaps we think that we need more. I don't think that's how Jesus thinks about it. If we approach him in faith, even the tiniest bit with prayer, then he receives and hears our prayer. But perhaps sometimes we also think maybe we didn't use the right words. Maybe there's a magic formula. Maybe we need to pray more like the King James version of prayer. Maybe we need a few kind of these and thous in our prayers if God's going to listen to us. Maybe we need to be of a certain level of eloquence if God's going to hear our prayers, if he's going to really listen. Uh, But again, I think the Bible tells us that prayer doesn't rely on our eloquence or our skill in communicating our need to God. Uh, Because in Romans 8, it says that when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. So we can pray without even expressing in words what it is that we are exactly praying. When we don't know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. So prayer isn't a formula or about persuading God with sort of clever words or a clever argument or particular eloquence. Another answer that sometimes people give to why prayer goes unanswered is, you're a bad person, you've done wrong things, therefore, why would God listen to you? And that's the strategy that Job's friends used in the book of Job. Job is going through all sorts of difficulties in his life, all kinds of uh, problems in his life, and he's praying about them. But, well, maybe these bad things are happening to you, Job, because you're not a righteous person is what Job's friends say. They say, God answers the prayers of the righteous. You're having all these problems. Therefore, you must not be righteous. You must, you know, you're not good enough, Job, for people to listen, for God to listen to your prayers. But the whole point of the book of Job is that that is not the case. This is not the way it is, that it's not only good people's prayers. It's not only perfect people's prayers who God answers. God hears and answers our prayers, whether we're good enough or not. And sometimes when even we are living rightly with God, our prayers seem to go unanswered. It wasn't based on Job's goodness. The difficulties that he was experiencing were not based on anything about Job at all. And in the New Testament, Jesus doesn't seem to limit 
his instructions on prayer to only people who are righteous. He speaks about prayer with the tax collectors and the sinners as well. He calls them all to pray. So we know that prayer is not based on our goodness or our worthiness before God. So please don't think God must not like me. If only I was a better person, then my prayers would get answered. If only I hadn't done that thing in the past, then maybe my prayer would have been answered. Because that is not a helpful or fruitful way to think. The Bible's clear. God doesn't work that way. Plenty of good and godly people in the Bible and in history have their prayers go unanswered. And I hope some of those people, those heroes of faith that we speak about, having their prayers unanswered, give that as a good example. It's not because you're a bad person that your prayers go unanswered. It's not anything to do with that. God... Equally, God answers the prayers of some fairly ropey characters through the Bible and through history too. It's not about how good we are. Another unhelpful way of thinking about unanswered prayer is that somehow, and sometimes people think this, that God kind of actively causes us to suffer in order to teach us a lesson in some way. But again, I don't think that that's the way that Jesus shows God at all. That's not the character of God. That would make God seem to be some kind of manipulative, mean person who causes suffering in order to make an example or give us a, uh, some kind of lesson. We know that God is loving and kind. And as loving and kind parents, we wouldn't deliberately inflict suffering on our children, would we, in order to teach them a lesson. Another solution to the problem of unanswered prayer is to simply say well maybe God doesn't answer any prayer ever maybe God is like a kind of watchmaker you might have heard this perception of God that he sets up the universe like a watchmaker he sets up the universe and he winds it up and he sets it running and he's kind of hands off from that point on he doesn't interfere he set it up to run and he doesn't interfere with its running But again, that idea of a kind of hands-off watchmaker doesn't seem to fit with the God that Jesus talks about or the real-life experience of so many people. I asked you earlier how many of you have had, or how many of us have had prayers unanswered. How many of us have had prayers that we perceive to be answered? Perhaps if you're willing, we could raise a hand again. If you've had a prayer that you think has been answered, absolutely. So we know, don't we, that God does intervene. And if even only once did God answer a prayer, that's quite amazing, isn't it? That the creator of the universe would intervene even only once, perhaps. We know, and we perhaps can talk about those unanswered prayers over, uh, those answered prayers over coffee afterwards. Perhaps the testimony that we can share with one another about the amazing things that have happened can be encouragements to one another, that God does hear and answers our prayers. It's pretty amazing. And it puts aside the idea of this kind of hands-off watchmaker entirely, really, doesn't it? I'm not sure that this side of heaven, we're really ever going to get to the bottom of why so many prayers go unanswered and why so many prayers are answered Why then would we risk our time and our effort and our emotion keeping on praying? Why risk that if sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't? 
Why would we risk the emotional turmoil of laying ourselves bare before God in prayer if it's pretty much 50-50, whether it's going to happen or not? I think the answer I want to encourage us with this morning is because fundamentally prayer isn't an entirely functional exercise in getting what we want. It's actually a relational exercise which keeps us connected with God. It's about relationship rather than about results. Now that might seem quite a long way off from the kind of ask, seek, knock stuff that Jesus talks about and the way that that is presented as a kind of uh, simple approach to prayer perhaps. But actually Jesus' teaching does not follow the trajectory to say that whatever we ask for we will always get in prayer, that our wish lists will always be granted, that we'll have no problems in life. In fact, Jesus promises his followers that we will have many troubles in life. The promise he gives us is not that he will give us always what we want, but he gives us an even greater promise, actually. He says, I will be with you. He gives us the promise of his presence He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, that is God's presence always and ever within us. Jesus promises that he will always be with us, that God will never leave us or forsake us. And that's why actually not giving up in prayer is the most important thing, that it's about relationship rather than about results, that knowing that God is with us through all of these ups and downs All of these times when we pray and it seems to go unanswered is key. Going back for a moment to the book of Job, after all of the tragedies and the difficulties of life that Job experiences, he questions God. He says, why did this happen and why did it happen to me? He didn't say that in that words, but that's essentially what he says. Why did all these things happen and why did they happen to me in particular? How does God respond in the book of Job? Does he say, well, here are the reasons, Job. Here are the, the neat solutions. There's no, he, doesn't, he doesn't give him a rational answer. He doesn't give him a neat solution to all of the problems that he'd experienced. He simply told Job who he is, and he assures Job of his presence with him. The narrative of the Bible And the teaching of Jesus show us that our prayers are always answered and that the answer to all of our prayers is that God gives us his his very self. He gives us his presence in all circumstances, no matter what. His response to every prayer is the same in that respect. He gives us himself. Now, that might not be the thing that you were asking for. You might not be asking just for God to be with you in that moment. But when we come to God in prayer, we too truly encounter God with us. And that is the promise. That is the answer which we always get. Now, what does that look like in reality? What does it look like for us to experience God with us when we approach him in prayer? Sometimes it does look like getting exactly the thing that you asked for. Sometimes that's it. Sometimes the thing that you prayed for God gives you and that circumstance or situation is completely changed by God 
But sometimes, though, it looks different. Sometimes it might look like having a a sense of strength or peace or joy or hope, a kind of different approach, a different different emotion within you, a different power within you, uh, something which helps you to overcome that time or or traverse that time uh, which you're praying about going through. Getting through something difficult, perhaps, with God is very different to getting through something difficult without God. Sometimes, using the example of healing, sometimes a prayer for healing might provide some physical healing, some comfort or some relief from a physical problem. At other times, though, that same prayer for healing might come through a sense of peace and comfort with God before we leave this life. Or the healing might come through the healing of relationships. It might come to terms, it might be coming to terms with somebody's death after they're gone. It's all the same prayer, but the answer is very different. Now, it's my experience that although I know God does do some miracles, God doesn't do always ever so many miracles. It's an exceptional circumstance that we see a miracle happen in prayer. And I know, and I have seen, in fact, that sometimes he does do what can only be described as miracles. But most often, I think the way that God answers our prayers is gently and in a very everyday way. Sometimes, absolutely, there are miraculous and astounding answers to prayer. But more often than not, the answers that we receive are very gentle and very ordinary and very everyday. They're through people and circumstances and situations. They're through God's presence being felt deeply within us. They're through an increased trust and hopefulness. They're through a strengthening of our relationship by God's faithful presence with himself. And I think when we recognize God's presence with us through all circumstances and situations then we can know that whether our prayers go unanswered or not, perhaps counterintuitively, the result is the same. That we can know that God is with us. His perfect goodness and kindness is being outworked towards us. And one day it will be complete. And our trust and our hope can be just as secure whether our prayer is answered in a way that we understand or whether it appears to us to go unanswered. That promise of the book of Revelation that says that one day God himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes, that death and dying and mourning and pain will be gone forever. We're not there yet in this world, but that is the promise that God uh, holds out before us, that he will one day achieve that. And on the way to achieving that, he will be with us as we face the difficulties. It's, it's beyond a rational understanding of why sometimes things go our way and sometimes they don't. But we come to know through our prayers whether they're answered or unanswered that God is with us. Those unanswered prayers, the silence of God is not the same as the absence of God. God is with us even when he's silent. And knowing he's with us, even in silence, makes all the difference, doesn't it? Knowing that God is sitting with us in whatever it is that we're going through, knowing that he's faithful and ever-present, really does make all the difference to the way that we experience 
those difficulties which we might perceive in unanswered prayer. As I said at the beginning of this sermon, I'm not going to have got anywhere near to solving every situation of unanswered prayer. And I'm, I'm really aware that most often with unanswered prayer, we're dealing with pain and sadness and difficulty and anger and disappointment and confusion and all of these very painful experiences. Often unanswered prayer goes along with a really painful experience in people's lives. So I hope in a sense that this isn't the end of the conversation, that over coffee and perhaps at other times too, we could continue this conversation perhaps if there's a particular prayer which you feel has gone unanswered which you want to talk through which you want to to think about which you want to pray about again um, then I would be very very pleased to talk with anyone and I'm sure a number of us would be very pleased um, anyone on the ministry team or in the leadership would be very pleased to do that so just think let's just think of this as the beginning of a conversation if it feels appropriate to go deeper with it then that's absolutely something that we could do But for now, let me pray for us before we then sing a hymn together. Father God, we know, as Jesus said, that you are able to do all things. We know that you are good and loving and kind towards your children. And yet we also know the pain, confusion, Sadness, disappointment, and hurt that we feel when we have our prayers seemingly to go unanswered. We, we know that that is a real uh, difficult thing for us to understand. So help us, Lord, to be persistent in prayer, even when our prayers appear to go unanswered. Help us to not shut you out, Lord, or shut ourselves out from your presence. Help us not to confuse your silence with your absence, Lord. And help us to be honest with you, with the emotions that we feel around our prayers. Father God, we're sorry for when we've not understood or accepted the answers that you have given us. Father God, we pray that you would surround us with now your presence, fill us with your spirit, that each of us would know your comfort and your peace and your strength and be assured of your love for us and your presence with us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.